Hello everyone and welcome back to the Inspire Wire. I know it's been a while since I've been uh, making podcasts, but we got a new one for you with the returning guest, Andrew Haas. So let's get right to it and let's enjoy it. And we'll have a little recap of what I've been up to after the episode. So tune into that. Let's go. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Inspire Wire, Wire, a podcast where ideas are exchanged, worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the Inspire Wire with your host, Tom Murphy. All right, we're currently live. All right, guys, welcome to the Inspire Wire. I'm here with recurring guest Andrew Haas for episode, I believe it's 25. It's been a while. And thanks for inviting me here to your apartment, Haas. Can you believe it? The quarter century mark of episodes. I feel honored, Murph. Thanks for having me back. No, it's it's uh, the pleasure is all mine. And for those who've been uh, listening to the podcast, I appreciate it. It's been a little bit of a drought, um, about a month actually, and it kind of coincides with the uh, NFL season starting and. I guess you guys are going to have to give me a pass because I'm a big NFL fan, as many of us are. And, and you know, when, when the season starts, my weekends kind of just went down the drain. That or, Thomas, you uh, put a lot of time and effort into fantasy football. I think we shouldn't, uh, <laughs> we shouldn't lie to our, view, our listeners here. All right. Uh, I will admit that a lot of it has been, you know, uh, so spending my free time doing fantasy as opposed to lining up. Uh, you know, uh, podcast interviews, but I'm happy that I got a friend like Haas who's able to be on the interview for a second time. So uh, I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me again. So um, I know I've been talking a little bit about my struggles with, you know, staying focused, staying on track. How, how have you been doing? How, how has uh, your summer been? Have you been active? Have you, what have you been up to? Uh, it's been a great summer, Murph. Thanks for asking. Yep. And basketball season is right around the corner for Boston College. So this is really where my time of year, my year really ramps up. Obviously, I had the full-time job, as you know, at the travel yeah. company. And now with BC starting up with some basketball in just a little less than a month, things kind of get hectic. Yeah, I mean, when you got two jobs like that, it's now now's the time where you're really going to be having to make sure that your time is managed and all and all that kind of thing. But I'm sure you're super excited for the season. I'm so stoked. It's that's my fun job, I like to call it. And yeah. To be able to get paid and get, you know, other kind of perks from B C to do it is just uh it's an incredible thing. Yeah, I mean that that's a great kind of job, you know, you love sports, you love um being, you know, having a type of creative uh role, a personality um, interacting, you know, with fans and whatnot. So that's, that's the best part of it is interacting with other people. I mean, have you had, a- have you had any crazy stories of of you know fans that have just been out of control or I, no? I could tell you. I go. I'll go with two thoughts that come to my mind when you first say that. Okay. First one being is just like a general thing. There's a typical uh, promotion that we do in the crowd that's called hashtag uh, BC Eagles, and you can tweet it or you can put it on Instagram and basically what I do is the camera's on me and I take a selfie with my phone with some random people in the crowd that I choose Yeah. and typically when I go I, I go and try to find like some older folk or some couples that are there 
and they're looking at me all weird and then they take the selfie and they just like brighten up and they're just like oh and they everybody mm-hmm. knows what a selfie is which is kind of crazy in today's day and age like even the, right. these older people uh second crazy moment would be i was in the student section for a uh a duke game i think about a year and a half ago and i went down to the student section and you could just smell the booze on these guys breath and i was just in there they were all tackling me somebody took my phone and we were just taking like a, a snapchat video i mean that was probably one of the, the crazier moments that's happened. So to me. wait, somebody tackled you? They didn't. They were like ta- they were like jumping on me because they knew they knew who I was at the time, and they wanted to be on the camera because the cameraman follows me around, <laughs> and uh, so they all just started like going crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Like in that type of atmosphere, um, you know, you got a ton of people, especially in those close games. They want to, you know, not only be in front of the camera, but it's just like insanity especially with college for some reason and um you know when you go to a celtics game or something like that it's a lot more chill and well well think about this and this is kind of the perspective that i've taken on it is some these students go to class with these people playing on the court right they have a direct most most times a direct connection yeah you know what direct connection do you and i have with al horford or like kyrie irving (laughs) probably nothing but if you say that i have a connection with jerome robinson from bc the dude daps me up for every game off the courts, and it's a, nice. like we're cool. Humble brag. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's not exactly what I was saying, but I'm just saying like they're more human than professional athletes because they still go to class. Right. Sometimes they still go to uh, yeah. Uh, you still see them on campus. They're no, they're normal. They live to kind so, of normalcy. So, are there any particular uh, players on the team that you have that you know more than others, or? No, not really. No, not particularly. It's more just no, like I, a, I mean, co- like an acquaintance, like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Yeah, and to be honest, they probably don't even know me by name. They just know me as the MC guy that's yeah. run out there like, doing uh, crazy things in the court. So, yeah. <laughs> that's funny, though. I mean, when you're out there, you kind of want – you're such – like, if I was there, I'm such a big Boston fan, and you, it's hard because, like, you're such a fan. I'm sure now you're a little bit more accustomed to it. It's a little more – like routine, but like when you first got on the court, it was like wow. Well, the, the yeah, absolutely, it was a, a shocking moment. Like the first big game was like a Syracuse game, the first year I did it, and I kind of went out there for the first promotion, and I was shaking with the mic in my hand. I was just like, uh, "What's <laughs> up?" Like it's eighty five hundred people. It's yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, but now it's obviously like a normal. But the good thing is, is I'm not like a public address announcer where I can't have any bias towards either team, really. Yeah. I'm the MC, so I'm for the home fans. I'm in the crowd in the student section. I'm fired up when the ball goes in. You know, I'm doing the oh, like on yeah. defense. I mean, I can do all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of really cool to be able to still be a you know student slash fan of the game while in the role. Yeah. Do you? How do you compare that to say um, a more, you know, like say for example, you're calling the game and you're you know removed from that atmosphere you know you constantly have to be on your game whereas this is you got a front row seat to a crazy game and you're allowed to be a fan and at the same time you're doing your job it's interesting in that way i mean in the role in the arena you can feed off the crowd right if i'm if you're doing play-by-play over radio or tv you have to bring your own you got to bring your own yeah and you've got to create more of a story with your words right yeah, that's interesting because, like, when you hear, like, commentary or play-by-play during a game, 
and you hear someone get fired up, it's because they're trained to do it. They know how to do it. They're fired up about it. And you're, and you are too, cause you're a fan, but it's their job and they're in a booth likely with no other sounds around them. Yeah. So it's interesting in that way when you get to really feed off the crowd, you're on the court where, whereas they're in a box that's kind of, you know, secluded. But Of course, of course. I think that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's that's something that we'll be looking forward to seeing how that's going on. We'll get the we'll get the boys to a game. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we can get you a spot courtside to do something like this. <laughs> yeah, okay, that'd be pretty badass. <laughs> I mean, the media section is pretty big on the baseline, yeah. and it's not really full all the time. So, never know. Hey, I interviewed um, a, a current Michigan basketball player already on the podcast. So. I, I believe I, I heard that one. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was it was a good one. We were talking about, um, you know, players. He, he transferred from Williams to transferred from okay. Williams. Currently, is a redshirt senior. Nice, because um, he had to take a year off. Right when he transferred to D one, and now they got they won the Big Ten tournament. They got a great chance now. We were talking a, a little bit about you know how college players. It's such a huge market. College basketball. It's like billions of dollar industry. And they, and this brings across my question of when are they going to start to get paid? Because it's coming up more and more. The scandals that we're seeing for sponsorships and and, and is ridiculous. So you've got to imagine that these athletes getting paid is right around the corner. Yeah. It well. It there's so much resistance, especially from the NCAA. The NCAA because, is a cash cow. Yeah, because if they are paying players. There goes the NCAA because they're making money specifically on those big sports, D1 men's football, D1 men's basketball. And those are huge, huge industries. I mean, just the sheer amount of games that you're watching on any given Saturday during the NFL season and the amount of games you play basketball-wise, it's absurd. Just So think about let's think about bigger picture too. Let's think about TV contracts. Yeah. Let's think about even just the final four for men's basketball. How much money are they making? It's unbelievable. The college football playoff, if they expand that now to eight teams as they're thinking about, more money. It's it's only going to continue to create revenue. Like the, the more they're going to just continue to find more ways to find make revenue without paying the athletes, which I think has got to be stopped at some point. Being a uh, college D one athlete in men's football or basketball is such a weird scenario because you are in almost like a it's like you're a B-list to A-list celebrity in in a lot of people's lives especially in the college atmosphere and yet you aren't getting paid for any of it it's 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 such a weird because like back when it all started when all like the commercialization of it back when it was like I know it happened before it, but the really coming out party was the the great Michigan team, the the Fab Five, uh, where it really became just exploded. It and and they were celebrities, and they were twenty one, and it's just it's crazy how it is now when it's just like everybody is n- name by name basis. You know, it's it's wild. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, it all started when the Fab Five really exploded at that point. That 30 for 30 is fantastic, by the way. And now to see that there's still no compensation is is a bit 
discouraging because you who was it? Um, was it Kemba Walker? It was Napier, Shabazz Napier or something like yeah. that who came out saying, from South, from, "Yeah, you know, I can't even I can't even eat dinner. I have no money to do that after practice because you know dining halls closed. I have no way to even get dinner." And that was con- that that was a couple of years ago, and it sparked a conversation. Yeah, nothing then, really came from it. And then the Northwestern football team tried to like protest and be like, yep. "No, we we need to get paid," and, and then nothing came of that. It's got to be some. It's got to be something where all the athletes decide to do it, or regulation. Some other, like maybe federal, comes in and says, "This is where the the line the line is drawn. We're making so, it, you guys are making so much money off these athletes yeah. that they need to be compensated somehow, besides just the scholarship." And it's an so education. hard. Like Duncan was telling me, like it's so hard to be that type of athlete because in that position, you are so grateful for the opportunity you have. Because when you grow up, you're watching college football, basketball. You're like, wow, if I'm in that position, I'm so grateful to be there. But at the same time, when you realize what you're providing for the college, what you're providing for the NCAA, thousands, millions, and overall, like over a billion-dollar industry, it seems – it's just it's just more than seems unfair. It It, it is unfair. Yeah. So well, and let's and let's switch gears a little bit. You know, yeah. it's a great occasion that you're here in Boston. They were heading to the Boston College football game tonight, which is exciting. BC hosting Virginia Tech, and it's a 7:30 primetime game. It's going to be great. Haas is luckily he's got those connections hooking us up. You know, it's going to be a good time. We'll be on ESPN too. Yeah, uh, check us out after the fact. Now, <laughs> the question I was going to ask is, as a football player yourself. Yeah. What's the feeling that you get going into a football game where you're not playing? What do you look for in the players? I mean, you played quarterback. Do you study or watch the quarterback the whole game? Are you looking at reading the defense? What are you, what do you do as a as a former athlete when you're there at the game? Interesting. Talk interesting. me through that. So, I guess it all depends on my mindset going in, but obviously I'm always concerned about the QB. I'm always focused in on what what's going on with him and what he's seeing um, because that's what I know. So, um, yeah, I definitely think about those type of things. I'm not really as concerned in the nitty-gritty details. For example, like what coverage the defense is playing because that's like a primary concern for a QB. But a lot of times I'll be like just thinking about situationally what I would like to run, what I would like oh, to – cool. Like more of a coaching perspective as opposed to, I don't know, um, if I were playing. But I, I do think about like a game that I'm watching, the, the stage, which is so much larger than the stage I was on. And I like to picture – I'd like to imagine what it would be like to be in that. Yeah, I mean – that's that's a really incredible thing about because all different fans have different perspectives and I think it's amazing how that goes. True. Do you want to know what I look for at a football game? What? I look at the ref. Yeah? Look at the umpires. I love because yeah. at some point I want to officiate and I don't know... What sport it's going to be, 
Obviously, football probably would be the toughest with the amount of calls that there is. You know, being a ref is one of the most difficult jobs there are. There is. I is that? Do you believe that, or is that something that you've read somewhere? No, as, you I know, just know from observing, just like from what I can tell. So you've done some observing of officials. Oh, hundred percent. You got you got to know your referees if you're, uh, you know. If you're playing the game, you need to realize what your refs are. You gotta, you gotta be nice to them, all that kind of thing. I know that, like, regardless of how friendly I am before or after the game, during the game, it's like if you mess up a call, it's like, oh my god, and like it's on both sides. It's like constant. You're getting harassed for an entire game. You gotta have thick skin as yeah. an official. You gotta have some thick skin. Yeah, um, but I think I think you do a good job. Now, do you, was that you said I do a yeah, good job? Yeah, you uh, would possibly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, are you on the level of like Coach Paul Baker being able to s- call officials by first name? <laughs> Kenny, are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I think Kenny. So. What is that? If I was a coach, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'm saying as a player, oh. you, did you know like some oh, of your NESCAC officials by first name? No, when I was in high school, I knew some uh, referees. But okay, now is this? Now I'm gonna really gonna switch gears here. There's an official who did some of our Clark basketball games. I think he did football games. That is an NFL umpire. I may. I kind of. I'm gonna look that up. You can let's let's buy some time here as I pull this up. (laughs) But I know that there's a, and he's I believe a back judge. Really? Yeah. For the NFL. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, it's inter- You know, for me, re- I wouldn't want to be a referee. Um, it's great to be around the sport, but I would want to be in another avenue. I've been thinking about being like potentially writing for sports or, or mm. doing another avenue in that way. But yeah, referee, that's not for me because it's so easy to get a call wrong. Murph. Wait till you hear this. All right. Paul King. Paul King. You got a pick of that? Completed, yep. Completed his first season in the NFL, 2010. His first game was the night after the men's or the boys' large school final at the Clark Tournament. That was our senior year. You remember that guy. Holy shit. He's a bad judge. I know that guy. You know him. He's an NFL referee. Holy smokes. Let me get, hey. Hey, Gus, get in here. I need Gus and I need Harrison in here right now. <laughs> Gus and Harrison, for those who do not know, is my brother Harrison Murphy. Hey, Gus, and Gus, and Harrison, Gus is um, Alex Cohn. And they're both our good friends. They're also in our fantasy, le- fantasy league and from Northbridge, our hometown. And uh, they're up here for the BC game. And um, it's crazy because we... I remember that guy, you know, we play with him a lot. Show, show, it, show it's it to it's the It's incredible. Camera. This guy. <laughs> but uh, This guy, I mean, the, the fact that he's an NFL referee and he was doing Clark School large uh, large tour. I mean, it's just incredible. It's just incredible to think about. Yeah, but that's interesting. That's interesting. I, I, I think that would be great. You know, work your way up as a ref and in your part-time, whatever, like – I am all about those little side jobs, you know. Now, the cool thing about an NFL officiating crew is that they travel together. It's the same crew as they yeah. go city to city. I think that's the same with MLB's. 
Cruz. Yeah. Imagine if a few of the boys were freaking NFL officials. If you were boys with all your referees. That's incredible. That'd be amazing. That's incredible. Because you're, hud- you're huddling up. <laughs> you know all the QBs. You know absolutely. All the absolutely. You're, you're huddling up after flags are thrown, the whistles have blown. You say, oh, that's a hold on 79. What a freaking <laughs> clown that dude. That's his third penalty tonight. Hey, where are we going tonight, guys? Are we hitting up the clubs? Hooters. Hooters after the game, <laughs> fellas. Yeah, that that would be a definitely a good time. I mean, it's it would be a weird way to you you I mean, you get so used to it. It'd be interesting. But um pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool stuff. Now, in terms of knowing that this dude is from Central Mass, what other f- famous people or like professionals are there from Central Mass off the top of your head that you remember? Uh, professionals. The is there anything we're known for, like claim to fame, people that can say they were from our okay. area? So this is an old one, but we, we had Phil Vandersee was a Packer, Green Bay Packer. He He's went, in the high, like his stuff is in the high school, is that correct? Yep. yep. You know, fun fact, everyone, his son, Scott Vandersee, is one of my bosses at my job right now. Oh. It's, it's pretty wild. But uh, we, don't, crazy. we don't really talk about Northbridge football that much. But um, we also have Rick Asadorian, first-round draft pick to the Boston Red Sox in 1999, I believe. He was a great baseball player. It's incredible. Doesn't he do, like, strength and coaching stuff like now for, for so. baseball? I think so. Um, but as far as, you know, professional players, I think that's it as far as our area. But currently sure. right now – um, a graduate of St. John's in Shrewsbury, Richard Rogers is is has been the starting tight end for Green Bay Packers for a while, and right now Martellus he, Bennett is taking over. But he caught that famous hail mary yeah, pass against the Detroit play. Lions Crazy play. from from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and every t- every time Al Michaels and Chris Collins were calling a game with the Packers, and it's Rodgers to Rodgers, they go, "I've no relation, a great connection <laughs> between the two Rodgers." Yeah, crazy. Small world for sure. Oh, too funny. But so uh, last time we talked to you, switching gears again, um, we talked about how you were going to go to South Africa, I believe. Um, yes. That was your next trip. Mm-hmm. And you were able to go with your mom to visit your sister while she was abroad. Have you gone? How was that trip, first of all? And have you gone on any others since then? Trip was fantastic. As you say this, my sister actually walked Hello, into the room. Hello, Janet. Good to see you. She came back from South Africa. Shout out to Janet Haas. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Can you believe that? Uh, the trip was fantastic. I went down there for 10 days. She lived in Stellenbosch, which is about 30 minutes east of Cape Town. It's just Cape Town's the most beautiful city in the world that I've ever been to, and I will definitely go back because you want to know why? What's up? There's mountains on the water there's beach it's wow. a por- it's a port city so yeah that's kind of like port. the west coast in the u.s where it's just rocky mountains goes straight cuts off but this is but coast. this is table mountain half a mile beach wow we're talking in this a majestic table mountain which is one of the new seven wonders of the world natural wonders really? of the world yes it's on the new list nice. uh, so that was the highlight uh that i mean we did a hike on lion's head which is a really cool peak looking over the city Nice. Um, we went to a, a lion reserve or sanctuary, Lions. which was pretty damn cool. We went at feeding time. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Holy! They're just tossing just a pack of chickens lions. in these in these uh, in these pen or in these in these enclosures. 
absolutely uh, and we went on a safari so we saw how long did it take the lions to get the chickens oh it was immediate so (laughs) the the lions were basically calling for where it was to be thrown and then they would honestly attack so in one of the chickens are fast first of all so the chickens are dead they're dead chickens and and it would have been cool to see live chickens but they just toss in dead chickens like full chickens and each lion eats about five to seven Wow. and they feed them every other day Yikes. Which is which is pretty incredible, and my mom loves this fact. She'll say it to everybody she sees. Is in the wild, a, a successful hunt only happens every seven to ten days. So the fact that they're when they're in these enclosures in the sanctuary, they're getting spoiled, getting fed every other day. Oh, they are getting fed. They're getting every spoiled. Other day. They get fed three times a week. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. But incredible trip. Can't say enough about Stellenbosch and the city in the city of Cape Town. Next trip. He's got one in the works. Less than a month away. Wow. And to Sicily. Sicily, let's go. Sicily. The old uh, family heritage roots, right? Italian. Yeah, my mom's side of the family is Italian, so... Uh, no, that'll be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Sicily. We haven't... So basically, I'm with another uh, sales manager. We're taking a group of associates and leading them on this trip. So it is a work trip, technically. Uh, we're leading them through the country of or the country of Italy and the, yep. the, part, the island of Sicily. And... Uh, I got a couple highlights if you'd like to know a couple yeah, highlights at the end. We have an itinerary that's set. So let's hear it. Um, it's basically an abbreviated version of our actual Sicily trip for the tour for our company, okay. and we're going to have a pasta making demonstration with a, which is, this is a Sicilian woman. Yeah, which I'm pretty stoked for. Uh, we're going to spend a day in the life on a Sicilian farm. I know you'll wow. like that, um, and we can get further in the depth about what that's all about. Okay. And when I come back, maybe we could talk about that further. Yeah, uh, and we could talk about your woofing experience. Oh, yeah, Hashtag woof. Sure. Um, And then finally, we're going to have one other highlight is uh, we're doing a four-wheeling experience on Mount Etna, which is still a 10,000-foot active volcano in uh, in Sicily. That's crazy. So what is the main – do you already know information about the farm or you just know it's a Sicilian farm traditional? So I know it's a Sicilian farm where they have some livestock and they also have agriculture. So they grow, I believe, tomatoes. Yeah. and I'm guessing I'm to think. other like other olives, vegetable olives, yeah. olives. Yes, it's it's more of a like it's a it's near Cal. It's like a same climate similar to uh, California, where it's like very dry, but also. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people don't understand how far south in the Mediterranean this island is. It's near the coast of Africa. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to think yeah. about too. Um, but yeah, it's exactly that's that that type of climate, kind of like Napa Valley, right? But in the med- middle of the Mediterranean, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. The I, other the other cool thing about the farm is we're going to be it's like a day in the life. Our yeah. company is all about these people to people experiences, yeah. And we bring our travelers on them too, yeah. So we're gonna harvest with them during the day. Nice. We're gonna bring the ingredients back to the table. Make dinner farm with them. Farm to table. Farm to table. We're going to make dinner with the family and nice. eat with them. It's, it's going to be a pretty cool experience. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, that's a rare thing to do, you know, going to a farm, harvesting, and then making that. That's that's a fresh meal right there. Fresh meal. And then an but, active volcano. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So Mount Etna, it's huge, obviously, and it's still active. We're going to be doing this. Four, we're going to four-wheelers. It's going to be pretty sick. My... Uh, one of the podcasts was with my mom. We talked about how she was at an active volcano. All you had to do uh, was like cut into the the lava that was previously there, and it's hot enough to like cook stuff. It's absurd. What volcano was this? 
Um, she was in Guatemala. Oh my and goodness! It was an active volcano, and you could there was no always, need for firewood. There was smoke coming out. You know, it was it was legit, and and the magma that was like pretty solid. It was like firm, but Hot. you could you cut into it and expose what was underneath because it sure. had hardened. But underneath was you know pretty hot lava well like magma and you can just they they roasted marshmallows incredible yeah so i don't know what you guys have planned but that's probably a really cool experience we're probably not going to be roasting food on there because (laughs) yeah you guys are doing the farm to table and things like that the farm to table but Um, but i'm excited i mean between the food the wine the cannolis eight days eight days in sicily i'm pretty excited have you ever been to italy i haven't okay i'm gonna learn about the we're gonna learn about the mafia Wow. History, we, we, history we t- so lesson. Another thing is we do a bunch of controversial topics in the countries we really? go to. Yeah. That's what our company's known for is talking about controversial really? things. Yes. That's interesting. So in, let's see, another controversial topic that I can think of off the top well, of my head. You were, where, you're, you were in S- Germany. Yeah, so I mean in Germany we go to the, we go to the concentration camps and talk, in, yeah. and talk to people who have Nazi roots, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. We in the other one I can think of is in Southeast Asia. We uh, human trafficking is wow. a huge hot topic. Yeah, and uh, our company like takes it head on, and our program and our trip leaders that lead the trip talk about it. I'm sure that's probably one of the like most interesting experiences for these you know customers. Absolutely. I mean, our travelers are you know 50 plus, so they love learning about those kind of things and. Yeah. A lot of the things that happened in the or reason for why they happened is when they were alive. Yeah. So they, they know they know what from happened. the news basically yeah. what happened from when they were growing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that would definitely be something I'd be interested in, kinda of just seeing what you know, getting getting a historical background, but like when you hear about all the great things that something that happened in this area, it's not as not as interesting whereas you go to a concentration camp or you learn about you know something that was more controversial right. so you learn about a corrupt government in south africa yeah instead of you know the world cup that was there just a few years ago right and it's it, it's a good point that you make and yeah we always we we focus on the negative a lot sometimes instead of the yeah. uh, the positive yeah i mean so that's your next trip going to Sicily, mm-hmm. and you got the beast. When is that coming up? That is going to be November third through the eleventh. So you're gonna how how long is that? A week? Week and yeah, a half? Yeah, eight days. Eight days. Yep. So you won't miss too much down at BC, but no, I think I miss one game, which is the home opener. But uh, it's U Maine, so it's not really that exciting of a game. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good. Bad. I'll be not, good. Yeah, that's good though. Yeah. But. Uh, well, Haas, I really appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, I'm glad we could sneak this one in while you were here. No, it's for kinda, sure. It works out really well. Yeah, no, I, um, I'm i excited to be here. I'm excited for the game. And um, I'm glad you you were you know happy enough to come on a second time because this is the first time I've had a re- repeat guest. And now, let me just, now, let me just say, I yeah. was the first official episode. Yes, you were. You were the first recorded guest. You were the first recorded interview and the first uh, episode. Incredible. Yep. That's hey. my that's my claim to fame on the uh, on the Inspirewire podcast. Also, fun fact for uh, Inspirewire listeners: this all started 
about a year ago, if I'm not if not mistaken, uh, it's exactly, came yeah. to this very desk. We were recording what was going to be what I came to Haas. I was like, Haas, I really want to start a podcast. We both like sports. You've you've done a show. You you've done um, with Nichols. You had radio sports. had a radio show for the while. Yeah, you got a, you got a MC personality in you. Let's let's see what we can do. And we just did the we just did a very generic talk show. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed talking about sports with you, but um, it really kind of. It would have been very difficult to create it a podcast. Been. It would have been. Um, I, location's huge. Yeah. When you have two podcast hosts, you need to be in the same place every time you record. Yeah. And, you know, I'm definitely like in the future, wouldn't be opposed to adding uh, a host to my podcast, but it's it's kind of difficult when I'm living at home. Once I move out, I'm definitely going to be in the Kathy market. Murphy's moving out. You heard it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it was, I appreciate you being, you know, helping me out, getting, getting the, Haas is a great guy, dude. Um, getting the ball rolling on the podcast and, uh, I look forward to having you on the podcast in the future. Hey, if co-host applications are open in the future, I hope to be able to submit one. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, we got a busy night ahead of us. Thanks for having me again. Uh, I know you got something to tell your fans before we leave. What's that? You got you to tell them something. I know you got something. That I got to tell them. What? I don't know. You t- <laughs> Next episode oh, is going to be uh, less than a month away. He's not going to wait a month for another episode. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we uh, – so – They need an update from you. Like, what's going on? Yeah, so I guess from – I mean, I've been out of the game big time. But I guess I'll give you a few little bits on what's happening. One really exciting interview that I got in the works is a former Williams College professor of of art history. Um, he's a legend, absolute legend. I had him my very first semester at Williams College. One of my favorite professors I've ever had. What he's grade did he give you? A minus. All right. All I was right. hyped. <laughs> <laughs> at Williams, A minus is like, oh, my God. But anyways, this guy, his name is Sheaf Satterthwaite. Sheaf Absolute legendary Satterthwaite. Yeah. Say so, that three times fast. So get this. He's going to invite me to his, he's inviting me to his house in Salem, New York. He's got an estate. It's, he calls it the Albatross. It's going to be nuts. He's got an Oli- Olympic-sized wrestling uh, gymnasium. He's got a legit library of landscape architecture books. He's they pay these professors too much. Dude, you get this. He was already rich. He was tenured as a professor and he was only paid a contract of $1 per year because he loved teaching that much. This guy is a savage. He's a wild card. What? Yeah. He was already rich. He That's just incredible. loved teaching professor. He loved teaching. He has Chief Satterthwaite. Yeah. Satterthwaite. Satterthwaite. Yeah. Just wild. Incredible. Dude, he was an amazing professor and he loved me for some reason because i was a freshman i took this like high class i just took it because it was like a 300 level but i took it because i was interested in it humble brag and and (laughs) and yeah yeah we're uh yeah we do have to head out but sheep satterstwick yeah look forward to that episode coming up i'm gonna be visiting that's huge and um that's our episode thanks a lot for listening thanks for listening have a good one
All right, everyone. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I really like talking to Haas. He's a great friend of mine, and I was happy to have the interview. Um, so just to fill you guys in, you guys learned a little bit about what was going on, me and my um, slacking off, just uh, getting caught up with the football season and and the summer. Um, but now we're back into full gear. Um, I got a lot planned. Definitely going to try to do um, more interviews and hopefully more in person because I really get better interviews I feel when I'm interviewing them in person so I'm definitely going to try to do that please feel free to reach out to me if you want to be on the podcast or you have some ideas you want to share I'm really starting to change the the way I go about these podcasts because at first it was more about what the person's about what are they doing that's inspiring and what I kind of want to get towards is more of a discussion of inspirational topics and ideas, which is, you know, something that, you know, people can be doing inspiring things and have a like inspiring life. Um, but what lasts a little bit and what's more strong is something that's, you know, the idea of what they're doing or or what they believe in and things like that. So, um and and what's great about that it gives me more range you know talking to a wide range of people about you know it could be anything so I'm definitely looking forward to that and like I said I am planning on doing uh, a few cool interviews in the future and I'm one other thing I'm trying to do is getting video involved I was able to videotape uh, this interview with Andrew and hopefully by the time you listen to this you'll be able to watch um, the interview on my YouTube channel, which you can find, um, by searching the inspire wire on YouTube. I have a channel there, or you can go to my website and on the right hand side, there's a link to the YouTube channel. So definitely check that out as well as listen and subscribe on iTunes and leave me a review five stars. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. And we'll see you next time.